like, wow, look what God has done. Hey, I just, I'm going to get into the word. I'm going to do two things before you're seated. You're going to trust me. Y luego te van a sentar y vamos a gozar lo que Dios tiene para nosotros. But, no, that, anyway, that's my Anyway, so real quick, this is the book from Survive to Thrive. God already blessed it, made it into number one bestseller. Praise be to God. It was all him. So I'm going to do something that's going to get me in trouble in my office. So George, if you're listening somewhere in the audience, text April right now. I'm not, this is not scripted, by the way. He, he has no idea. So here it is from Survive to Thrive. Here's what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to bless those that want to be blessed. If, if, you, if you go online on Amazon and purchase this book tonight and send a screenshot to an email address I'm going to give you right now, which is info at nhclc.org. I will repeat that, info at nhclc.org, if media can put it up on the screen. If you buy a copy tonight before midnight and send a screenshot, the first 300 people will get an additional hard copy mailed to you next week with the commitment that you're going to give it to someone who needs to come out of the pit, stop failing, stop forever surviving, and start thriving. So do that. That's the deal. And the next thing is I just want to make a declaration. And it's not like, oh, prophecies, that's kind of scary in light of all the... Nope, I'm just going to do it. Because there's like this pushback on declaring positive things. So because people don't want us to declare positive things, I'm going to declare a positive thing. So here's what I'm going to declare. The next thing to fill the earth will not be a pandemic. It will not be a political movement, an ideology. I declare... The next thing to fill the earth will be the glory of Jesus like we've never seen before. Matter of fact, I believe we're about to see an awakening that will lead to a revival, that will lead to cultural reformation. We're about to see more people come to Jesus than ever before in human history. It's not a coincidence that in the same year, COVID, social unrest, racial discord, political chaos, it all happened in one year. What does the devil know that he's trying to avoid? What does he know? You all know that the enemy doesn't attack you because of your past. He's threatened by your future. So when the enemy is attacking, he's not attacking because of the past. He is attacking because of the future. So let not your heart be troubled. You're about to see your family saved. You're about to see the glory of God show up. All right, you may be seated. I want to expedite the process here. You may be seated. Anybody want this book? Just like the woman of the issue of blood, you break through the crowd, you get here first, you get it. Let's begin with the following. As Christians, we are both lambs and lions. Followers and leaders, kings and priests, masters and servants, above all, we are worshipers and warriors. Accordingly, we must, like Gideon, especially in these cuckoo for Cocoa Puff times, we must constantly carry both a shofar and a sword. We must have in our mouths at all times both a worship and a war cry. Judges chapter 6, if you have your Bibles quickly, on your phone, iPhones, and those that are backslidden, Androids. Well, you're in the right place. Judges chapter 6, I'm going to run through this. Verse 1, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. 
So the Lord handed them over to the Midianite for seven years. Verse 6. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Starvation usually prompts you to cry out. Verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree, which belonged to Joash. Gideon, the son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press. Underline that. He was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press, a proverbial pit, to hide the grain from the Midianites. Verse 12. Then the angel of the Lord sees him, appears to him, and says, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Another version reads, Mighty warrior. Verse 14, and the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Verse 21, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. Ooh. Verse 22, when Gideon realized it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, I am doomed. I've seen the angel of the Lord. Verse 23, it's all right. Don't be afraid, the Lord replied. You will not die. Verse 24, and Gideon built an altar to the Lord and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. That night the Lord said to Gideon, take the second bull from your father's herd, pull down your father's altar, tear down your dad's altar. Don't just build one, tear the other one down. And cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. Verse 29, and the people started asking, who did this? So I want to speak to you Briefly tonight, here's the word that God's spirit placed in my heart for you today. I want to speak to you on the subject matter, the hidden warrior. The hidden warrior. Will the kingdom architects and reformers please stand up? Please stand up. If you're taking any notes, and good luck with that. Point number one is the following. Hidden warriors reap a harvest from the unexpected place. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree which belonged to Joash, and Gideon was threshing wheat. You got to you, you picture this. Produce this in your mind. We find Gideon. We know his story now. The Midianite marauders, the Midianites took over the land. The Israelites had deviated from the word of God. Therefore, the outcome is judgment. And in that judgment, the Midianites are literally starving the Israelites. The Midianites were so cruel, instead of stabbing and decapitating and killing the Israelites, they starved them so they would see their children starve to death. So they were literally starving. So we find this man named Gideon at the bottom of a wine press, a pit in a hole, threshing wheat. Threshing wheat. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't thresh wheat in a pit. You must thresh wheat above ground, preferably on a cliffside where the wind will separate the wheat from the shaft. He was doing the right thing in the wrong place. He was doing the right thing in the wrong season. Oh, boy. I love this. He was still threshing. Even though it was the wrong season, he continued to thresh the wheat. Even though it was the wrong time, he continued to thresh the wheat. Gideon refused to give up on his harvest. He refused to permit drama to define his destiny. He did not allow circumstance to cripple his harvest. Gideon never gave up on the harvest. Gideon worked with what he had. And as a preacher, I can look at this, or as a Christian, via the conduit of one of two lenses. I can look at this passage through the lens of legalism and judgmentalism, or I can look at it through the eyes of grace. 
Through legalism, you would preach the following. Gideon was out of the will of God. He was out of alignment. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. He was out of alignment because he was threshing wheat in a pit. He was afraid of the Midianite marauders. He was fearful. Oh, he should have been filled with faith. But he was fearful and he was threshing wheat at the bottom of a pit. He will never get a harvest in the bottom of a pit. How dare he? Don't you dare thresh wheat in a wine press. Don't be afraid of the Midianite marauders. That would be the legalistic way of preaching it. But that's not biblically substantiated. Because the Bible says that when the angel of the Lord shows up, and sees Gideon threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press, the angel didn't say, you're a coward. The angel didn't say, you're a failure. The angel didn't say, how dare you? The angel didn't say, what a disappointment you are to the kingdom. The angel looked at him and said, you are a mighty warrior. Why am I sharing this with you? This is for every single person in this auditorium who has been threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press. I'm here to speak to every single person in the past year, in the past two years, three years, in the past season. You've been threshing wheat in the most difficult of circumstances. You've never given up on your harvest. You've been threshing wheat. You've been in the pit, but you continue to thresh wheat. Everything came against you. You continue to thresh wheat. COVID-19, you continue to thresh wheat. You had family drama. You continue to thresh wheat. You had physical drama. You continue to thresh wheat. All hell broke loose against you. Others gave up, but you continue to thresh the wheat. And you continue to say, I'm not giving up on my harvest. I'm not giving up on my harvest. If that's you, that's why I came from Sacramento and drove six hours and 18 minutes. If that's you, I'm here to tell you, put a smile on your face. You are about to reap the greatest harvest of your life. If that's you, shout like you know. Matter of fact, if that's you, raise your right hand and repeat after me. I am reaping a harvest. Say it like you believe it. Say, I am reaping a harvest from an unexpected place. At an unexpected time. And this time. Somebody shout this time. Hell will have no access. Somebody give God one more praise in this place and raise the roof. Oh, new life. I'm telling you, there's a harvest coming your way. There's a harvest coming your way. There's a harvest coming your way. So for every single person here who knows what it is to thresh at the bottom of the pit, for every single person here who knows to hold on when everything in life told you to let go, for every single person who knows what it is to be hungry, but you refuse to die of starvation, this word is for you. All the Gideons, it may be a wine press to someone else, but to me, that's my threshing floor. In the wine press, what happens? This is not like a rhetorical query. I'm asking you, what happens in a wine press? Grapes get smashed, crushed. The place that was meant to crush will produce a harvest for you and your family. What was meant to crush you will end up 
blessing you in the name of Jesus. I'm going to say that one more time. What was meant to crush you and smash you will produce the best harvest you have ever seen in your life. So let me make it legal. Galatians 6, 9. Let's not get tired of doing what is right. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. If that's for you, raise your hand. This is for you, 2021. Amos 9, 13. There are things that are going to happen so fast. The message version says you he your head will begin to swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You will not be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and the hills. If that's for you, raise both hands. Psalm 65, 11 says, and God will crown the year. With a bountiful harvest. And even the hard pathways in your life. The hardest areas in your life. Los lugares más dificultosos de tu vida. The hardest pathways of your life will overflow with abundance. So get ready for a harvest. Get ready for a harvest. Holy healed hungry people equals harvest. If you live a holy life according to the word of God, fill the spirit of God. If you are healed from what you did and from what others did to you. And if you hunger for righteousness, then you will reap one amazing harvest. Serve God with what you have and he will take care of what you need. <laughs> Quickly, number two. Hidden warriors discover that identity precedes destiny. So he's in a pit. Threshing wheat, holding on to his harvest, baby. And the angel of the Lord shows up and says, you are a mighty warrior. You're a mighty hero. It tells him who he is, not who he will be. He never said you will slowly evolve to. You will become. If you're following the following next 12 steps, you will inevitably emerge into the following personality in person. No. He tells him, let me tell you now who you will be. Let me reveal who you already are. You are a mighty warrior. You are a mighty hero. He revealed his identity. Where was he, by the way? Gideon was what in a what? In a pit. God doesn't require you to come out of your problem in order to receive the promise. Now let me repeat that again for the hearing impaired. God doesn't require you to come out of your problem in order to receive the promise. He will give you a promise that will get you out of your problem. He was in a pit. He was in a pit. He was in a pit and he received. You are now a mighty warrior. Right now the world is full of individuals and sources and uh, different voices that we're hearing. We're inundated with voices. Everyone has a platform, a microphone. And everyone's trying to tell us. Everyone believes that their opinion really matters above everything else. And it's hyper opinionated society and culture. So everyone's trying to tell us who we are. Well, let me define you. Let me tell you who you are. Let me tell you what you really believe. And the world is full of individuals from athletes, politicians, social, cultural influencers attempting to tell us who we are. What we need is a group of Gideons to stand up and say, you don't define me. What we, and this is going to be a little bit edgy, so don't get upset with me. We need born-again, spirit-empowered, Christ-centered, blood-washed, demon-binding, devil-rebuking, atmosphere-shifting, culturally reforming, oh, 
holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring, righteousness, pursuing women of God who will there with truth and love shout out the following. The occupant of the White House does not define me. Hollywood does not define me. The NBA does not define me. Social media does not define me. If you did not die for me, you don't define me. If you did not resurrect for me on the third day, you did not define me. If you didn't shed your blood for me, you do not define me. Oh boy. Ay, Señor Padre, ayuda en el nombre de Jesús. If you didn't die for me, then you don't define me. Oh. You are a mighty warrior. Que locura, Señor. That's crazy. The guy, you're a mighty guy was hiding in a pit and the angel says, you're not your circumstance. And to be more theologically coherent, the angel of the Lord shows up and says, you're not even what you're doing right now. Wow. In other words, you're not a coward even though you're hiding in a pit. You're not an addict even though previous generations were bound by addiction. You're not, I feel the Lord, man. You're not a failure even though you've attempted so many occasions about bearing fruit. You're not where you are. You're not how you are. You're not what others did to you. You're not, get over yourself. You're not even what you did to yourself. You are who God says that you are. I said you are who God says that you you are who God says that you are. You are the righteousness of God. You are the apple of God's eye. You are the redeemed of the Lord, a friend of God. You are. Which means that no matter what you go through, he defines you. That even in the midst of the storm, you're still anointed. And in the midst of a fiery furnace, you are blessed. That in the midst of a wine press, you're still a mighty warrior. It's not about where you are in life. It's about who you are in Christ. So you are not blessed because of where you are. You are blessed because of who you are. A child of God. John 15, 16, you didn't choose me, man. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name, Jeremiah 1.5. I knew before I, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you by name. Raise your right hand. Repeat after me. I am not what my critics say I am. I am not what my past says I am. I am not what hell says I am. Just be honest. Raise your hand. I am not what the voices in my head say I am. I am what I am says that I am. A child of the living God. We're going to land this in a second here. Hidden warriors, number three, numero tres, por favor, tomen nota. Hidden warriors work with what they have. And the Lord turned to him and said, now that you know who you are, let me tell you what, here it is, ready? I love this. Not, he says, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. Now, I love this because it doesn't say, go, it doesn't say, go with the strength I'm about to give you. He tells them, go with what you already have. First, he tells a guy in a pit who is hiding, you may look like you're coward, but you're not. 
And by the way, you already have what you need to do what I ordained you to do. What? Go with the strength you already have. You must learn to work with what you have. Instead of whining about what's missing in your life, why don't you open up your mouth and give God the highest praise for what you already have? I don't have this money. I don't have this relationship. I don't have this resource. I don't have this contact. I don't have this plug. I don't have this. I don't have that. But what you do have is greater than what's missing in your life. No, y'all, y'all missed it. What you already, if you're born again, raise your hand. I'm here to tell you, according to the word of God, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, by his divine power, God has given you everything you need for living a godly life. I'm here to tell you, you already have what you need to do what God has called you. No, you're not getting that. You already have it. You have a faith that moves mountains. You have a shout that brings down walls. You have a prayer that shifts the atmosphere. And you have the name that is above every single other name. If you already have it, shout like you have it and praise like you have it. Worship like you have it. The Lord, listen, heaven is looking for a bunch of Gideons to rise up in 2021 and act not like they're waiting for something in order to do it. The church needs to rise up. If you're a believer, you need to walk like you already have it. We need that holy anointed swag. That's not arrogance. It's just you're walking around like no weapon formed against me will ever prosper. You need to walk not like you think, not like you feel, but like you know greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If God be for us, who can be against us? Walk like you know. That it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. If you have it, raise one hand. I'm not asking you, you're going to get it. Oh, I'm going to get it. Well, no, stop it. You already have it. In Christ, you have it. We just read it. If you have it, raise both hands. It's time to use what God already placed in you. What are you waiting for? One day, cut the one day. You're going to die in the desert of procrastination. In the desert of excuses, in the desert of one day. That day is today. Go with what you already have. Oh, Lord, help us. You have what you need in Jesus to overcome the now and occupy the next. You already have what you need to start moving towards your promise. Again, one more time, you have the faith that moves mountains, the shout that brings down walls, the prayer that enlarges your territory, the spirit that resurrects, the blood that washes, the anointing that lives in us, the shadow that covers us, the love that expels all fear, the grace that is sufficient, and the name that is above every other name. You already have it. You already have it. You already have it. If you look at Gideon's life, the whole meta-narrative of Gideon, in 6 and 7 particularly, you will see the following words emerge. You will see the following threads, principles, traits, features, virtues that that emerge, this sort of outline, a prophetic outline. God places Gideon's life in order by telling him who he is and what he has and what he's going to do next. Your mission is to defeat the Midianites, free your people. 
You are a mighty warrior, who you are, your identity. You have the strength already. I'm going to tell you what you have. I'm going to tell you who you are. I'm going to tell you what you have. And I'm going to tell you what you're going to do next in life. In that order. And I love that. Gives them that. And then you see the order. That order, the next thing that happens is that he overcomes his own fear. He asks questions. But, you know, if this is real, we know my parents, you know, they took him out of me and did this and then this. And why did you permit the bad guys of Mucho Malo Hombres to do what they did? And there's all this drama going on. And the next thing that happens is that the angel Lord totally ignores his question and goes to the next point. I love that when God says, I'm not even going to cater to your nonsense. I'm just going to push you towards your destiny because this is going on. I'm not... I'm not going to waste your time or my time. I'm just going to push you from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. I'm not here for your drama. I'm here for your destiny. I'm not. Every single individual on the planet right now as I speak will fall into one of three respective categories. Every single individual, including you. You're either failing, surviving, or thriving. Did you hear that? You're either failing, surviving, or thriving. To use a biblical narrative as a metaphor, every single human being is either in Egypt, the desert, or the promised land. Do you realize very few people ever truly enter into the promised land? That's John 10.10. Not just eternal salvation through Christ, but an abundant life here on earth, John 10.10. There are people that are saved and are just surviving. Vertically, you know, you're, you're, you're thriving because you're in Christ, but horizontally, your life does not look like your vertical commitment. And what we have to do is line up our horizontal life with our vertical eternity. So we need people around you. Surround you. You are who surrounds you. The people around you are either going to put a lid on you or remove the lid from your life. Surround yourself with people who remove the lid. I feel an anointing right now about yeah. that. Ladies and gentlemen, this book, God gave me this book and it's coming out in the midst of a global pandemic, in the midst of riots, in the midst of great discord and angst and consternation in the world. God gave me this book, From Survive to Thrive. I want you to read it. You read this book, it will change your life forevermore. It is a biblically substantiated antidote, a prescription to get you out of your Egypt, to get you out of your desert and catapult you and your family into the promised land. Not just vertically, but horizontally. Not just when you get to heaven, but here on earth. This is different. This is about living a, a lifestyle of thriving, not just getting more stuff. Yeah, no, no, because we, we know better. Matter of fact, we know better. We know God wants to bless us and prosper us in every aspect, but it begins vertically. And prosperity is not necessarily about Maseratis. Prosperity is about, more important, the areas that money cannot buy. What, what good is, is it to have a Maserati and a Learjet when, when your soul is condemned to hell because you've never accepted Jesus? Go right now to SamuelRodriguezBooks.com. Go to Amazon.com. Go to BooksAMillion.com. Purchase, pre-order this book right now. I assure you it will change your life. Let's do one thing together. No longer surviving, but thriving. Let's go change the world.